0: Praise the Lord. Yes, hallelujah, it's nice to be here this morning and I'm so glad. I felt almost, uh, let me say, 55 years back. As I felt then, I felt the same way this morning because you sing or we sing a song this about the wonderful grace. How does it go again? Yes. I remember when I was a boy I played then in our brass band of the church in Bremen, North Germany, and uh, I played the clarinet then. And this was one of the songs we we played, and it's so wonderful that wonderful grace of God. Unaussprechlich wunderbare Gnade. So, he understood that was German, yeah. So, unspeakable wonderful grace of God hallelujah and that's so great praise the Lord my heart is full of joy and it's nice to see here this morning everybody I don't know whether I'm known to every one of you but there are a few who know me and I'm so glad that the Lord has blessed you here and John I know you too (laughs) <laughs> My dear Brother John, yes. This morning I want to preach on a very important word or a question. What is growing in your heart? What is growing in your heart? And I want to read a scripture from Hebrew chapter 12. The verses 15 to 17, before I go and read it. So first of all, I've got the greetings from Kingsway Christian Fellowship in Wonturna to you. And we feel uh, somehow wonderfully connected. And that's the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad for what the Lord has done here in this place. Hallelujah. John, the Lord has been good to you all here. Hallelujah. And the Lord will bless us this morning. Let's read in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 15 to 17. "See, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up because or that causes trouble and by it many be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance though he sought it with tears. What a powerful word. And sometimes I, I don't like to think about that one thought. And that is the thought, too late. Too late. It can drive one crazy. Just think about, there's something All of eternity, you knew everything, what you had to do, and one day you stand before God, and Jesus would say, although you might have said, Lord, Lord. And Jesus said, I don't know you. I never knew you. Where are you from? And you know, this point would make me shiver Too late. There's nothing, nothing, nothing in the whole world, in the whole universe you could turn around to give you the the other chance. So that's why when we follow Jesus, we must follow him with all of our heart, not halfway. With all of our heart. Praise the Lord. And this morning I want to speak on this theme. Do not fail The grace of God. Now the greatest danger in our life is that we might miss the grace of God. We were so close perhaps to the grace of God, and we walked with the Lord, but all of a sudden somehow I don't know why something came into your life and you turned around. How could anyone who has experienced the wonderful grace of God all of a sudden turn around and say, no, 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 I don't want to believe in Jesus anymore. Tragically. And this morning I'm here to encourage you. The grace of God has given you, don't let it go. Live day by day in this wonderful grace. We might do everything, we might sing the nice songs, but there is no worship We might pray, but there is no real aberration of Jesus. We do many things, and apostasy doesn't come abrupt. It sometimes comes slowly, slowly, slowly. And that's the danger, and I want to encourage you. Do not let this grace of God you have experienced be in vain. And that's what the apostles write in here to the Hebrews. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God and then all the things that adds to it. What does it mean? Do not fail the grace of God. Now we are here this morning just by the grace of God. Jesus has chosen us. He called us. We are so dependent on the Lord. And I want to be dependent on the Lord day by day. My wife, Ellen, and I, we read every morning the scripture, the word of God, pray together. When we had our breakfast And it's so wonderful. I must say the Lord has given us grace in every situation. Grace is the greatest gift God can give. It is the basis upon we can stand one day before God. I have got nothing to show before God that I could say, Lord, this is what I can bring to you. All I bring is my rotten heart. My sinful life. And we gave it to the Lord. And he made something beautiful out of it. Amen. Has he done it in your life too, my dear brother Glenn? Amen. Hallelujah. I remember the day when you rang me. And you told me that you are no, no longer allowed to sing in the city. We prayed for him. And now you can sing again, yes? Yeah? Yeah. Why didn't you say it as a testimony this morning? He should have, of course. Did I it? Yeah, you can do it sometimes. It is so wonderful, hallelujah. Now, when do we miss the grace of God? We miss the grace of God if we're constantly striving against the Spirit of God. You know what I mean? constantly striving against the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve Him. You know exactly when the Spirit of God is talking to you, whatever it might be, and you resist Him. And the great sin, then when the flood came upon the earth, we know, there was one sentence, and this sentence grabbed my heart. And it says there: the people didn't want to be by the spirit of God, reminded on their sinfulness. And it says there: they always resisted the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit should not always strive against man. And that's, the next next thing is, if we tolerate sin in our life, we must become so sensitive against sin. If there's a little thing between you and God, bring it right with the Lord through the blood of Jesus you won't make it. You won't make it unless you bring it and bring it right before God. Hallelujah. It is so wonderful when the Spirit of God can do something in our life even after we are 20, 30 years of a child of God, when the Spirit of God can bring our wonderful repentance in our heart. Repentance is sweet. Amen? Hallelujah. Repentance is sweet when the Spirit of God speaks to you. And you see, Lord, I was wrong. I was wrong. And then you come before the Lord and you can cry. You can cry. You can cry. And here's the Spirit of God moving in our lives. And hallelujah. Hallelujah. How often has the Spirit of God spoken to you and pointed out something in your life? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. It's not worth pursuing it. Let it go. But perhaps you were so attached to the things like a nice pet sin. Sin is ugly. There is nothing to be petty. Sin is ugly. We receive the grace of God in vain if we don't want to be changed by the Spirit of God. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, the Bible says there, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all men. Not only that, Instructing, disciplining us to deny ungodly things, the things we hear and see in the world. You can see sometimes in Christian lives where they are, what they do speak about most. People, young people with this, you know what this is, yeah? They have to have it. They are sick if they have lost it. They're almost married with this thing. I don't have it. I'm married with my wife. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. He was driving with somebody uh, on the road. They went somewhere and they were talking just about normal things. And all of a sudden, Smith were said, Stop! The driver stopped. He said, Did you know? We have spoken about everything, everything, but about Jesus. And he repented there and then in the car. Lord, we spoke about everything but about you. Jesus must fill our heart and mind in every situation, and that's so important. Now, the apostle gives us a warning if we do not grow in grace, if we do not grow in in grace, something else will grow in us. And that's something ugly. What is being called a root of bitterness. A root of bitterness. If we walk with the Lord, there should be no root of bitterness growing up in our heart. There should be no room In Eden were no thistles or root of bitterness. There were fruits, and you could eat from everything except that one tree the Bible says about in the middle of the garden. Root of bitterness. I have seen people, they were so bitter. You could see it on their face already. There was no joy in their life. Now the root of bitterness will spring up and by which many, many will be defiled. Now it's so important that we do provide the right soil for the word of God. You know in Matthew 13 the Bible speaks about these uh, different parables. And so the soil that is prepared, that will take up the seed of God, the word of God, and it will grow and it will bring fruit. Now if our soil, our heart, is not prepared for the word of God, it will grow or let grow anything else. It's so important that your heart, my heart, our hearts, are really, really prepared for the word of God. It grows on the soil of false intents in our life. Acts chapter 8, you know, there was a wonderful revival in Samaria. And many came to the Lord... Philip, he was preaching there. And in Jerusalem, they heard about there's a revival in Samaria. What did they do? And they sent Peter and John that they should come and pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And there was one man amongst them. His one name was Simeon, Simon. Simon, And he was also baptized. You think he was a believer? And then he saw something. Peter and John prayed for them and they received the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I do believe in a wonderful, powerful baptism in the Holy Spirit as the Bible says. Amen? As the Bible says because the spirit hadn't been fallen yet, as the Bible says there. And as Simon, he looked at it, and he saw people were baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he, after a meeting, went to uh, Peter and said, Peter, here's some money. Can you give me this gift as well, that when I lay hands on people, that they will speak in tongues too? What did Peter say? How much will you give me? Oh, Peter, he had a wonderful answer. I tell you what, he was strong and what did Peter say? He said very clearly. He said that you might be condemned with your money. Do you think Do you think that the gift of God is to be gotten by money? Nobody said to Peter, Peter slowly, he is just a new convert. You can't talk about these things that harshly. Peter said, I don't care. I see something. What did he see there? A root of bitterness. Bitterness. He saw the gall of bitterness in this man's life. And Peter said very clearly, You pray that God may forgive you your sin. I said, No, 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 could you pray? Peter said, No. You pray. You pray. When a root of bitterness comes into our lives, By perhaps disappointments. I have met many people who say, well, I've been so disappointed by some Christians Then you didn't meet anyone who is burning for the Lord. Hallelujah. How can you be disappointed by people, by children of God? I don't know what to do. But sometimes we say, well, I am disappointed. You might be disappointed by yourself, but not by God. On the soil of disappointment when Satan comes in. And that's where the root of bitterness will grow in our life. It was in 1921. Two Swedish missionary couple went from Stockholm into the so-called Belgish Congo then, Zaire today. And they had a call. They wanted to serve the Lord. There was already a mission station somewhere there And when they arrived in Congo or Seir, they went to the mission station and they said, we are here, what can we do? And after a while, they decided to go into the Congo, into the jungle. It was not easy. Missionaries didn't have it very easy, didn't fly without helicopter from one station to another. They had to fight and had to go and cut their way through the jungle with a machete. They didn't get far. Now, there were two couples that one couple was Ericsson and the other couple was Flood. And so they went as far as they came at the first village where they got. They were rejected. They didn't want to know anything about these white people from Europe. They went further, came to another village. They were rejected as well But then the Ericsson said, uh, we better go back to the mission station. Perhaps the Lord might have a different way for us. But David Flood and his wife, they went further. They didn't give up. And it was hard. They were, or they caught mal- malaria and all these things which are not that easy for white people in the jungle. They came to a place by now. His wife, she was pregnant and had the second child. They couldn't go any further. They stopped at a village. They built their little mud hut to live there. And they did what they could. Every morning, a young boy came to them. And uh, this young missionary lady tried to tell this young boy something about Jesus. He preached Jesus to him in a very simple way. And she didn't know whether he is... Understanding the gospel or not, but she did what she could. She had a child or gave birth to a child, and they called this child Ina. After one week, she died of malaria. Now it was everything very, very bad. This young missionary, David Flood. He took his wife, he dug a grave, put her in that grave. On the side his two year old son David Junior. In the hut was a newborn baby, a girl. And he heard her crying. He stood at the graveside of his dear wife. He couldn't understand anything anymore. All of a sudden, anger came up in his heart. and said, God, we gave our life to you. And my wife, she was so gifted. And now she is dead. I have to bury her here in the Congo. I give up. It is too hard. It was too hard for us. What you expected of me is just too hard. He flew in a rage against God. I can't do anything. I can't nurse that little girl. My wife, she is in the grave. The next few days, he hired a local man to come and help him back to the mission station. And when he got there, he took took this little baby he put it on the table in front of all the other missionaries. said, I'm going back to Stockholm. God has disappointed me. God has disappointed me. We came with such an eager drive to bring something for the Lord. And now everything is over. In this station, there was also an American missionary couple. And when he put this little baby on the table, he said, can you care for her? I'm going back. I'm so disappointed. He went back to Sweden. This little girl, Aina, she was then adopted by the American couple. Their name was Berg. He came back to Sweden in Stockholm. He went into a business, and the business went wild for well, good for a while, but then. He became a drunkard. He forgot about everything he once dedicated to the Lord. He didn't want to hear anything about God anymore. Can that be? Only if you open the door for Satan that he comes in. After a few years, the Burks from America went back to America and stayed in America. Now, little girl, Aina, she grew up and she married a young American Christian boy. He had a call from the Lord to become a preacher of the gospel. They got married, and always, always, Aina, she thought about her father and her older brother, David Junior, and she wanted to get in contact. All she heard that there were a few more sisters because he married again in Sweden. Oh, she wanted to go back and see her her father. She heard about the story that he went away from the Lord. But she served the Lord there in America. And this young American couple became the Bible school teacher or actually leader. And they worked for the Lord in America. And she was in contact with letters and reported to her father and her new siblings. After a while, the minister there in Bible College for many years. And the Bible college decided to give them a European trip, a round trip, you know, to Stockholm. And how glad was she. And they went on. And as they went, they had a stop over in London. There in London, they went through the streets of London and passed by the great and big hall, Albert Hall. And they heard singing, and they went into that hall. There was a great mission conference. An African speaker was invited to preach there. They went in. They wanted to know what is going on. The gospel was preached. And this African preacher, he explained and said what God has done in the Congo of Sayyid. It's unbelievable. Many, many people came to Jesus and churches have been founded. The work of God is greatly going on. And here was Ina with her husband. They listened. She could hardly wait till he said amen. Then she stormed to the platform and she asked him, do you know the couple, David Flood and his dear wife, Sia, yes, said, as a little boy, I went every morning to her hunt and she taught me about Jesus, that Jesus Christ came to save us and set us free. And then he said, well, as far as I can remember, There was a little girl born. I don't know what happened to this girl. She said, I am that girl. I am that girl. And he said, great things were happening there in Africa. They planned for the next day to fly further to Stockholm. Things were already arranged to meet somewhere in a hotel. She hasn't seen her new half-sisters or stepsisters, But somehow, they met. And there in the hotel, in the foyer, they were there together. And her new sisters explained to her that there was one sitting in the corner somewhere. His head was down. They said, This is David. This is David, our oldest brother. He was marked by drugs and a lifestyle of sin. She explained what she experienced. The next day, they wanted to visit the old father, former missionary David Flood. She brought, or her sisters brought her to a place somewhere in the slums of Stockholm. They stopped on a little run down house. They went into the room. It was, a, there was a little room, dark, all over the place, the alcohol bottles, empty bottles, in a corner, in a cot, there was the one-time mystery David flood, and they warned her. Don't say anything about Jesus because if you say something about God or missionary or these things, he will be angry. Don't do it. In the meantime, he was so ill. So ill. She came to the bed and this one-time missionary looked up and said, is it you, Aina? She said, yes. I didn't want to give you away. I didn't want to do it, but it came the way it came. And she said, Dad, listen. It was not in vain. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was not in vain. Last night we were in London where we came over to Europe and there was a mission conference. Hallelujah. And there was a man from Saire, and he preached about that mom always spoke to him and led him to Jesus. She even didn't know whether he would have had understood everything. And then Father said, It was all in vain. No, it was not. Listen, Dad. Many, many people came to Jesus, and churches were being founded by this man. I met him last night in London. It is true. It is true. It is true. It was everywhere in the newspaper. All of a sudden, David Flood sensed the Spirit of God coming upon him. He repented of his sin, and that he was so angry against God, and he found peace with God again. The Apostle says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble, and by it many be defiled. This root of bitterness has ruled his whole life. But yet God had a wonderful, wonderful plan. You might think, Lord, I have done it over and over wrongly. Lord, I have disappointed you so many times. Do you know what it is? If you cry before the Lord like Peter when he denied the Lord, and we read one thing and he went out and he was crying what? Bitterly. Oh God, how could I deny Jesus? Now the legacy was this I one time misery gave up. His mission, a root of bitterness was growing up. And the result of that was a drug addict, as son, and all the others didn't know the Lord Jesus. That's what defilement of a root of bitterness is. Do you understand it? And yet, and yet this wonderful grace of God is still open for you. I don't know your life. The Lord knows everything in your life. If Satan might have come and said, Give up, it's no worth it. No, no, no. Scream it into his face. No, I want to serve. The Lord Jesus, that wonderful grace of God. Hallelujah. Let the grace of God grow in you and that you become gracious in every way and praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let this grace take root in your life. Oh, this grace of God! I can't preach enough about the grace of God. And this grace of God has been wonderful to you here and carried down to Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Jesus, I thank you. Even if we come to the last straw in our life and Satan is whispering in our ears, it's no point following Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you are still there and you look at us as you did when Peter was denying you. When he saw you, Lord, tears of repentance turned him around. And I thank the Lord that you will give everyone who has a desire to serve you new strength. New strength. And I Thank you, Lord, that you will bless us this morning. The Lord Jesus is here. The Lord Jesus is here. I've been praying I had some different in mind to preach but this is that what the Lord prompted me very clearly whenever satan tried to say give up turn to jesus this grace is unspeakable. Hallelujah. This grace can change everything in your life. Just, just don't let Satan come in and let this root of bitterness grow. The Lord Jesus will strengthen you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, John, for the opportunity here. Pastor Vernon, thank you so much. And please when you go to uh Wantuna send yes. your love and your thank grace you. there as well. Yes. Thank you.